This is the Canna Curio Podcast by Cannabis Media, your source for cannabis and hemp license updates directly from the data vault. Don't forget to subscribe to the Cannabis Media newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to stay informed of future episodes and data releases. Welcome to the Canna Curio Podcast powered by Cannabis Media. We're your hosts, Amanda Guerrero and Ed Keating. Today, we've got a great show for you guys. We're going to be speaking with Karen Mayberry, the CMO and co-founder of Trim. Trim is a cultivation software that helps take the WTF out of your ROI, uh, according to their website. I I I loved it. I figured I'd share that with you guys, um, but really excited to speak with Karen. Uh, Karen and the Trim family are also uh, recent subscribers of the Cannabis Media Podcast, or cannabis media platform so we're going to be speaking with them as well about their experience using the software but as always let's check in with ed to see what he has for us today from the data front ed okay. thanks amanda so uh, a couple things going on we just published today an updated retailer and dispensary report uh, from the first 11 months of the year so really showing you know where there's been growth as you know broken record oklahoma is still <laughs> in the lead what was really interesting though is we took a cut at the numbers just seeing what the rate of growth was and if you look at the graph you'll see that michigan actually is adding at a faster rate than really anybody else so that was pretty interesting oh, really? and, and uh, something that uh, you know speaks well of that market We've recently added California, Oregon, and Oklahoma updates and new licenses. So those went in. And then lastly, since uh, our last pod, we put out an updated software stack report. So we went back through and looked at all the companies that connect to metric and leaf data in Washington. And we found that there have been about 43 new vendors since mid-year. And uh, so we put them all in the categories and whatnot. Uh, one of the quick findings I'll share is that we only found one new point of sale vendor that came into the market because there's so many out there, kind of makes sense, but uh, we thought that was pretty interesting insight in terms of which parts of the software stack are growing and which ones may have reached the point of uh, diminishing returns. So uh, a lot going on on the data side. Yeah, do you think we have reached that point with the point of sales groups, Ed? Um, you know, when I published the last report, uh, I guess it was back in late October, early November, one of the predictions I put out there was, I think we'll see fewer point of sale vendors when we do our next report uh, a year from now. Uh, so I'm still going to stick by that. I, I think we are probably going to see some consolidation and uh, it'll probably be a survival of the fittest. And those that behave a little bit more like MSOs and cover multiple markets uh, may be in a, in a better position to scoop up other rivals. Well, uh, you guys know we will be tracking all this and Ed will be publishing uh, this data. So make sure that you subscribe to our newsletter and check out uh, Canacurio on our website. Um, but thank you so much for the update, Ed. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we will be joined by Karen Mayberry of Trim. Karen, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, welcome. Hey, Amanda. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm stoked to be here with you guys. Yeah, of course. Uh, you were recommended to us by uh, our colleague, Mackenzie Ziegler, said that uh, the Trim crew definitely had to come on the show uh, and that Karen would uh, share some great insights. 
Um, now, for those of us that are just joining, you know, you are also the co-founder uh, of Trim as well as the, the chief marketing officer. Um, did you know that you always wanted to get involved with the cultivation technology side of the industry? No, I mean, I didn't always know that, but I, I did learn very early that I loved cannabis. <laughs> I grew up in Southern California and got introduced to the plant pretty early, and I knew then that it was for me. So at the time, you know, I had no idea that legalization was even a, a possibility into the future. But when we did go medical, I got my card as soon as possible. And just what a world that opened up for me and, and so many others just to have access um, to cannabis was super exciting. Um, and it's just played a steady role in my life. So when California was preparing to go recreational and me and my husband, Matt, uh, who is our CEO and also co-founder and my other co-founder, Benjamin Wong, the three of us were, we all have our own you know, history and kind of connection to the plant. So we were really looking seriously at the industry to see how we could participate. And we started going to trade shows um, in like late 2017 and just uh, and talking to as many growers as we could, going to visiting facilities, kind of learning about the pain points. And that's kind of when the idea and the vision for Trim was born. Wow, that's so exciting, especially to being able to share this uh, adventure and this journey with your partner. Um, now, you got looking at your website and doing a quick Google search, uh, a phrase caught my eye. Uh, and it was um, something to the effect of taking the WTF out of your ROI uh, on the Trim website. Can you tell us a little bit about about this uh, in the the yeah the, the yeah, origin, the origin of, this. of this yeah no for sure I love that you picked that out I I think it's super, <laughs> I think it's cute as well so um it's it's really just about bringing visibility into cannabis operations so cultivators have been tracking data for as long as there have been you know plants growing in the ground but this data tracking has been taking place you know pen and paper or just many isolated systems whether it's an environmental you know tracker uh, or sensor or a, a notebook or an Excel sheet if you're you know, more sophisticated. And none of these uh, systems speak to each other. Obviously they're not connected and it's also really hard to derive any type of insights or um, understanding from the data. So this is what we're trying to solve with Trim is by creating a single system to track the key data points um, in a cultivation operation and tie them together. So things like environmental data points, temperature, humidity, um, operational input, inputs, like what your team is doing. And then of course, your, your final yields um, and your uh, data that you have to report to metric to re remain in compliance with the state. So we're trying to be just like a super customized uh, system just for cultivators to help them manage all these important pieces of their business. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I appreciate uh, the insights there. Ed, what did you think? Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially on that KPI uh, piece, it's something I want to drill into a bit later. Uh, one of the first questions I wanted to ask is that, you know, Trim is connected to Metric in California. I'm curious, you know, aside from you being located there, you know, why California and how do you decide which states to enter as, as you look out at the marketplace? That, that's a great question, something we think about a lot at Trim. We are just integrated with Metric here in California. The history with that is, you know, when we first launched, we didn't even have an intention to integrate with Metric. Um, what we learned when we were, you know, like I said earlier, we were figuring out what's going on in the market and what are, what are the needs, what are the pain points. There were already a ton of seed to sale systems, right? So that was the software system that we already found on the market. We found solutions to help the seed to sale tracking, but we didn't find systems to help them manage other things like their, their labor, their team, um, and tie this data together. So we 
ended up integrating with Metric because we started working with a bunch of great clients here given our proximity. We're based here in the Bay Area. And we started working with a, a big cultivator who basically was like, look, you guys need to you guys need to do Metric. And we were kind of realizing like, yeah, we really do. It's kind of like table stakes, right? Like it's, it's what everyone needs. So we ended up doing the Metric integration in California and it was a really big lift. Like what we found is that to get Metric parity, um, it, it takes a lot. Otherwise, you're going to find that if you don't really have a complete integration, operators are going to have to go into metric and your system isn't going to be as sticky if they have to spend time in metric managing even just a little bit of their compliance. So we just keep finding things to build here in California. And what's great is that with our, um, our task management system that's super built out in our workflow system and our more operational tools, um, we sell those successfully outside of California. And we also have some integrations with uh, IoT sensor companies. So we're able to be more of like a farm management and operational tool outside of California. And then we can plug in the, the metric component um, here in California. Yeah, yeah very, very, very interesting. interesting. In terms of having that metric piece in there, a million years ago when I worked in a different industry, we had software that helped people create complex documents and we partnered with somebody who helped with the filing of those complex documents. And in the end, we found that our customers were more concerned with that filing partner than our solution because that was really where there was a lot of pain. So I, I can see why you guys made that decision to sort of jump in and make sure that you had that, uh, to have that covered. Now, um, with I, I estimate there are about 16 grow software providers in California that are connected to metric. Uh, you know, you're tracking labor team, other metrics, you know, how do you stand out? You know, what, what makes you find those customers and, and have them stick with you? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question and, and an important one, right? Like you really do have to d differentiate. You're absolutely right. There are a ton of growth software providers and I feel like every day there's more popping up, um, which is great. It's great for operators to have options. Um, the way we stand out is we really feel that we're building a system for large scale cultivators. We're building lots of tools for um, large scale production planning, uh, labor management. So if you do have a big team using a system like Trim is going to be advantageous to make sure that you're just super efficient and just your team's firing in all cylinders. Another piece that uh, helps us to stand out is that we're only we only work with growers. So our system is not built for manufacturers. It's not built for you know extractors or retailers. So we're creating a super customized solution. Like any problem that we solve or any feature that we build, it's just for a cultivator. So we feel that there's gonna be a lot more value in our system for cultivators. Um, for example, the, the integrations with IoT sensors. So indoor uh, cultivators are super concerned with their environmental uh, conditions and they're looking at those, they're looking at the plant data to steer their crop towards success. So being able to plug into sensors and, and we just wanna open up our API more and more to more complementary hardware and software systems to provide even more value. So we consider ourselves um, different in that way is the, the sensor, uh, the integration play, and also the fact that we're taking that environmental data and we're tying it back to the data that's being reported to metric. So yeah, you're, you're understanding what you're producing is great, but what are the inputs that caused that that output, right? Like, what were your conditions? What was your team up to? How did you get that great batch? How did you get that high yield? How did you get that excellent THC profile? We want to provide the data and the whole picture to understand that, to be able to replicate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. replication piece has to be absolutely, absolutely key. That makes that makes total sense. So uh, you, you've already sort of uh, answered part of this next question, which is. How do you segment your market? Uh, you know, because one of the ways that I look at it is in industries that I've worked in, 
you know, once you get up to like three or four states to manage for compliance, you know, outside help becomes critical. So for you, you've talked about large scale um, growers and, you know, labor management. So does somebody need to have, you know, a certain number of facilities for it to be a great match for you? You know, what does your ideal customer look like? Yeah, totally. Um, I do think if you have a large team using a system like Trim is going to be really, really, really helpful. We have smaller teams on the platform too. For instance, in California, since we do have a super solid metric integration, um, people want to use us for the metric piece and they may get value out of the tasking, um, definitely the data tracking as well. But when, when we looked at how, like how we segment the markets, like we definitely kind of treat it as California and then outside of California. And that's obviously because of our, the metric piece that we have mm -hmm. here. Um, when, uh, how many licenses or facilities? I, our solution is really scalable. We are working on a really cool multi-license feature right now to make it just much more uh, fluid and seamless for these big behemoth um, brands that have like 20 licenses. Um, so I do think that we're kind of building the platform to be suitable for the more enterprise level MSOs that can manage and have a dashboard with all of their different facilities and licenses. But I mean, we started working with with craft growers here in California and Oregon. We still have them on our platform. So I definitely think the solution is scalable. Um, you know, it just depends what you're looking for, what you're trying to optimize for. Yeah, no, yeah, that, no makes that makes sense. sense. And I know you talk about the large scale growers. When you look in our database on the company side, I think that the largest number of licenses that anybody has is some California grower with 349 licenses. Although I think we all know that that's really one license 349 times over, but you know, there's certainly out there these people who've you know built some, some giant, uh, some giant farms. So um, one last question I wanted to dig into was you talk about trim tracking, environmental conditions, task management, plant analytics, and, and metric. So I'm curious, how do your clients use this information? And the reason why I ask is I was sitting in on one of the MJ Biz uh, sessions yesterday about using data and uh, the chief information officer, I think from Cresco said, we don't start any meetings without a report up on the screen or a Tableau report in everybody's hands. Like everything's data driven. So I'm curious, you know, how are your clients using that data and are they driving any KPIs uh, off of that? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I think the two pieces that stand out to me the most, um, you know, just looking at our platform are definitely the environmental data that's being used right now to um, just listen to the plants and understand how they are, like how successful or how healthy they are. I think one of the trends that, that's growing right now is this crop steering that's becoming uh, really popular in cannabis. And it's kind of like a high tech way to steer the plants during their different growth phases and understand what they need. So in the vegetative state, they need, you know, this much amount of light or this much amount of humidity and that changes as they progress into the flowering stage and even as you break down the flowering stage into the individual weeks like it's it's super high tech and i think it's really really interesting so having the data and, and other data points as well like the electrical con conductivity and root zone sensors like um, cultivators are starting to look at all of this and, and understand and steer their crops how they want to steer them. So I think having that piece is really important. And then also the task data, like just a basic thing of like what tasks aren't being completed in your facility during a week. Because if you have 10 facilities and you have, you know, a 20 person cultivation team at each of those facilities and you're a multi-state operator, that's 200 employees. That's so many different things that are happening if tasks aren't being completed. Um, or if tasks aren't being completed on time or they're taking too long to complete, that's going to mess up your production schedule. Um, and it may have further implications down the line as well. So simple things is like who's completing their work, how long is it taking, 
um, that has impact on your operation and your production. So just having that data accessible and visible to everyone in the organization, especially the people that need access to it, who may not be on site, um, is, is critical. Yeah. yeah. So, Karen, Karen, one last question. Um, in terms of tracking that people and task data, does your software help people at all with some of that uh, 280E tax compliance? Like, is, is this kind of approved work or stuff I can write off? Does it get to that level or is it more at the task level? Great question. Right now, it's just at the task level, but we're looking to integrate with an HR company um, pretty soon, in maybe Q1 2021, where we can also tap into that as well and, and help out through their system. Like we're super excited about integrations and partnerships. So that would be something that would be achieved uh, via integration. Well, so we've talked a lot, Karen, about how Trim works with businesses and helps the industry, especially, you know, uh, in terms of the the cultivators. Um, But I'm curious, you know, what about what do you guys do internally um, in terms of, uh, you know, kind of some of your sales and marketing strategies? And more specifically, how do you guys utilize cannabis media within your current uh, work environment? Yeah, so the database has been super helpful for our sales team. Uh, we've been on the platform for a full year, and we're, we're we signed on again for 2021. Um, it's it's great. Thank you very to, much. Yeah, no, we're stoked. Um, we love your team, and we find the database super helpful. And another thing that I love about you guys is the the improvements and the advancements that you're making to the platform. Like as a software, you know, founder, software provider, like I know that that's important to me. So kudos to that. Um, but yeah, just having the database, being able to to poke around, and I, our our business our business development rep Brian loves to get in there and just kind of do like his investi- investigatory work. Um, but yeah, like for content marketing is is big for us, and I what we've been able to use do with the platform is just uh, distribute our content wider by having um, all of the email information in the whole database. But we've also learned a lot of great tips from your team. Um, about how to approach cold outreach, you know, because it, it, you have to have a completely different strategy when you're reaching out to folks who, you know, didn't ask to hear from you versus people who came in through your website um, who or who requested information about your product. So the team at Cannabis has been helpful in not only just, you know, offering us this great product, but giving us some insights and strategy on how to be most successful with the product. So we'll take like a lead magnet um, or some piece of content that we've created, say like our California metric guide, and we'll want to send it out to folks um, here in California. And just a great way to distribute our content and provide more value, but also have something, um, you know, worth offering and then using the database to nurture those uh, prospects who are interested and then hopefully build a relationship. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for for your 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 kind words here, uh, Karen. Um, now, in terms of uh, trim and your current um, you know kind of processes, are there any like tips or tricks that you guys would like to share with our audience today? Yeah, absolutely. One thing I would say is again, like you know, we use the, the database for email marketing, which I think is is a great just channel, right? Like we're all on our computer, we're all on our phone. Um, it, I think that channel will never die, and it's always one going to going to be one of the most successful channels for for marketing, I believe. So having that there is fantastic, and also just keeping in mind that like you need to have something desirable. Like I think the one of the email advisors on your team was telling us like you always ask yourself what's in it for me. 
So when you're crafting an email campaign and it's to, to contacts who aren't warm, you definitely need to think like what's in it for them? What's going to inspire them to open the email? What's going to inspire them to click through? And you need to be careful about damaging your email you know, reputation. If, if you're spamming people or sending things that aren't interesting and are not valuable to them, you can get in trouble. So um, that's and we've been down that path. You know, it's not it's not irreversible, but you just things that you learn along the way. So um, just keep that in mind as you're sending messages to people, whether cold or warm, like think about what's in it for them. Like we want to be providing value and we don't want to be just, you know, filling people's inboxes with spam. I love that. And I know our email uh, marketing success team will be very, very happy to hear uh, your good praises, Karen. Thank you. So, uh, Karen, looking forward, I'm curious, you know, how you see 2021, you know, are there markets that you think are interesting? Obviously, there was a lot of news coverage about states that just approved or expanded their programs like New Jersey, Arizona, Mississippi, et cetera. You know, anything out there uh, forward looking that you want to you know, share with us? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm personally excited about all the markets because they're so different and I find it just fascinating. Like for instance, Oklahoma is one of the new up and coming markets. There's been so much buzz there and there's been so many licenses distributed there. Like we get so many Oklahoma demo requests and it's exciting just to see how diverse the markets are. Like the the more mature ones like California and Colorado is totally different than doing business in a newer market like Michigan or Oklahoma per se. Um, so I just find it really just fun and, and funny to interact with all the different operators. Um, I'm always going to have mad love for California. We have so many diverse brands here and everyone's always fearful of like, oh, it's M&A and everyone's going to get swallowed up by the big, you know, MSOs and whatever. It hasn't happened yet. Like, sure, it will happen, you know, but it hasn't happened yet. And I don't think it's going to happen next year. Like these brands um, are solid and that's here in California. Um, and then you look to another market like, um, like Michigan, we're working with uh, quite a few cultivators in Michigan right now. I'm excited about the Michigan market. Um, I'm also interested to see what happens with New York this coming year. Like uh, with all these states coming online, like, you know, you know, that's the ball rolling towards federal legalization or some type of activity there with New Jersey um, and with more and more states. And if New York goes like I feel like the ball is rolling, the momentum is going like we're all just waiting for that to drop. Right. Um, and we don't know what's going to happen. What's going to happen when federal opens up? I don't know. What's that going to do to all the different state markets and interstate trade and commerce? I'm just I'm just excited. You know, we all just need to buckle up and stay agile. Yeah, totally agree. I'm based here in New England and Connecticut. And with New Jersey just passing, <clears throat> Massachusetts has already uh, gone down that route. Vermont trying to figure it out. Maine getting there. It's likely to happen. And some of the articles that I've read talked about like a big shift in some of the M&A happening here in the Northeast, which, you know, is way different than what we've seen for the last five years. So definitely interesting times. So one last looking forward question. Um, any other trends that you see at play in the industry now or, or other uh, prognostications you want to make while you've got the pulpit? Um, I mean, I think what's really cool is how many new technology solutions are popping up. I think everyone's getting more and more sophisticated. You know, we all were trying to figure out what we were doing. And, and the, I mean, Trim, we've been around for almost three years and we're still trying to, we're, our, our platform is just now getting really, really scalable. I think it's, you know, there's working out the kinks and everything and, and figuring out how to create the most value. Um, I think we're getting there and I see other systems really just building so much value. And I think integrations is gonna be really excited, exciting. Like I 
want to integrate with a ton of other partners in 2021. We've got like a long roster of folks that we definitely want to um, hook up with. So in terms of like technology advancements, I think there are so many happening and it's super exciting. And it'll be interesting to see kind of like who who joins together, who bands together and partners up with like a, you know, maybe a merger or something. But yeah, yeah. No, no. I think I think yeah, that's, I think a, that's a, a great point. One of the things that we've talked about is, you know, some of these software providers are in their own way, like MSOs, they're in multiple states, and they have features and will they start doing these kind of tuck in technology acquisitions to say, hey, we need to have that or we want to have ERP or we want to have point of sale and you know will we start to see some of these platforms get uh, bigger and stronger so fascinating uh, times ahead for sure um now karen if there if our guests wanted to get in touch with you especially as it relates to uh, these integrations and partnerships that we are oh so excited for in 2021 uh, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you for sure, yeah. You can email me directly. It's Karen at trim.io, trim with a Y. So Karen at trym.io. Um, and just check out our website too to learn more information about our, our product. We've got a ton of blogs. Um, it's trim.io. And yeah, we'd love to, to hear from anyone either looking for a software demo or just more information about partnerships or you know, just anything. Hit us up. Well, with oh, that, with you that. heard it first from Karen. Hit her up if you guys have any questions. Uh, this has been a great show today. Thank you so much uh, for joining us and sharing more insights about trim, uh, expansion, and, and the future, Karen. Thank you so much. Ed, what do you uh, think we have to look forward to next week uh, within the updates from the Data Vault? So we're working on doing another cultivation overview. So something that uh, Trim should find interesting. We're going to do the essentially November year to date. Where have all the licenses been created? Which states are top of the leaderboard? That kind of stuff. So that should come out uh, hopefully early next week. And then the team's been adding a lot of international information and has been doing a lot of research. So we've recently added... Uh, licenses from Greece, um, and we have some Israeli licenses in the queue. We're on the path to find some information in Great Britain. I think we have Belize hemp in there already, and I know we've loaded up some South Africa information. So as, as we kind of forecast uh, earlier this year, we think the international is going to continue to grow. The question is, you know, is it going to grow sort of like a slow medical market, or is it going to grow like in Oklahoma? And, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and share whatever insights we come up with as we watch through the data vault. Well, it looks like 2021 is the year for international data. So if uh, you're listening and you're curious to see what we have, definitely reach out to uh, your account manager, to uh, sales at cannabis.media, and we'll uh, hook you guys up with a demo so that you can see uh, what international data we have thus far. Uh, but this is our show. Thank you so much for everyone for joining. Uh, this is the Canicurio podcast, and we are your hosts, Amanda Guerrero and Ed Keating. Uh, stay tuned for more updates from data vault thanks for listening to the canicurio podcast by cannabis media stay up to date with the latest episodes of the podcast and get alerts on the latest licensing activity in the united states and canada as well as exclusive industry insights by signing up for the cannabis media licensing newsletter at cannabis.media newsletter